What are your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings doing as you're scrolling through your social media feed? What about when you're scrolling through your news and you're seeing all these headlines that have all these titles that are positioned and worded in such a way that it tantalizes the amygdala and it makes you need to click on it so you can see whether you're safe or not. What kind of an impact does this have on the human species? I'm going to get into some of the latest studies and also a study that shows that there are certain demographics that seem to actually thrive in this kind of an environment. It's quite interesting. However, that's the kind of repetitious behavior that we're talking a lot about in the modern world. I also want to talk about another kind of repetitious behavior, something that was brought to my attention by Gaia News, which is the power of mantra the power of yogic meditation, and specific ways of showing that it's not just repeating words over and over again, but actually repeating ancient words that have a much more powerful effect at decreasing your cellular aging. Also, intractable depression, anxiety, sleep disorders, PTSD, and also looking a hell of a lot sexier in Asia. All of these things may not get you more likes and may not increase your follower base directly on social media, but seems to have an incredible impact on your being and the water and the stem cells inside your body. If you're interested in that, smash that like button. Comment below. Tell me how off base I am about the metaverse thing. It's only Satan's playground. There's nothing good that could ever come out of it, but I digress. Subscribe to the channel, please. That's one of the best things that you could do. And sharing the video out is by and large, the best thing you can do for the algorithms to, you know, one day say, Ben, you are worthy. And once you do that, I want you to take this microdose of infinity. Don't worry, you're not going to melt like Neo. It's just going to wake you the fuck up. Back to Waking Infinity News. I'm your host, Ben Joseph Stewart. And yes, today we're talking about the impact of social media, the technology that we use, how we scroll, and also um, a couple demographics that aren't being impacted as heavily. In a Medical News Today article titled, Does Social Media Impact Mental Health? They wrote, a 2019 study involving 6,595 teenagers from the United States concludes that those who spend more than three hours per day on social media may have a higher risk of mental health problems than those who do not. That is something that most people already have a sense of. But they go on to say, the degree to which social media actually harms mental health is debatable. A recent review, available as a preprint, found that most studies investigating the link between social media and mental health demonstrates weak or inconsistent associations. One review found that while there may be a small negative association between social media use and mental health, the link is complex and depends on exactly how researchers define mental health and social media use. Okay, so if you define mental health differently, it changes the result of the test. Kind of like Merriam-Webster changing the definition of old words to cause them to violate a new social code that was never an issue until the definition was changed. I digress. The article goes on to say, meanwhile, other research suggests that social media may even benefit mental health, especially for people belonging to the LGBTQIA plus communities and those living with mental health conditions. 
So the first thing that I want to mention from all this is it is interesting that they're, according to the study, because it's all according to whether was this framed correctly or not. But in, in that sense, you could ask that question to all of science. And then a lot of people do feel like they're just pushing back on all of science right now. That's not necessarily what I like to do. I like to pose the question that all of it is potentially flawed, but the stuff that we are able to see, there may be enough merit to move forward into that direction. It's, a, it's good enough for our intuition to say that's enough information to move forward and experiment as the scientist. So is social media bad for you? Well, you can't just say yes now because there's a demographic with almost like a code instead of LGBT, it's LGBTQIA plus and it's an evolving code. So there are demographics that seem to be positively benefited by social media. They seem to be positively impacted and it's more than just this one specific demographic. There are others. I personally believe that that might actually have to do with how you accept the reality of what it is. That doesn't mean you agree with it, but you're accepting of, okay, I'm seeing reality for what it is. And instead of hiding or running or getting angry and lashing out at it, instead of all that, that the most effective thing we could do is potentially engage with it and then also understand how to engage with the balancing act of it, which means stepping back from technology and I think there's one incredible way that we could be doing that and that is the use of mantra and the use of meditation and possibly movement but today I'm going to focus specifically on mantra the use of not just new phrases but older languages coming out of your mouth creating a cymatic frequency that resonates in your nasal your throat and your chest cavity creating cymatics and a harmonic field within you that can potentially also undo some of the negative effects of social media and technology. In a sample of veterans with PTSD, individually delivered mantra repetition therapy was generally more effective than present-centered therapy for reducing PTSD symptom severity and insomnia. It turns out that veterans with PTSD showed reduced symptoms with those who repeated a spiritual phrase rather than just a random modern phrase. Why is it that the use of Sanskrit or Tibetan mantra derived from thousands of years of tradition has a deeper impact on health and psychology than modern language? Here's another one titled, Novice Meditators of an Easily Learnable Audible Mantram Sound Self-Induce an Increase in Vagal Tone During Short-Term Practice. Now, the vagus nerve is the only cranial nerve that wanders outside of the spinal column. That is how quadriplegics can even experience orgasm, how their digestion and respiration can still operate fine. Practicing mantra reduces blood pressure and improves cardiovascular health and improves heart rate variability, which is the fluctuations of the nervous system. Here's another one. A pilot study of yogic meditation for family dementia caregivers with depressive symptoms. It shows that yogic meditation gave a reduction in depressive symptoms and mental and cognitive functioning, as well as an increase in telomerase activity, leading to a reduced stress-induced cellular aging. So by the way these studies are worded, it sounds like yogic meditation and mantra can actually help you peel back trauma like PTSD, anxiety, sleeping problems, 
depression so it can make you happier and help you live longer, stay younger. Now, a lot of things are a contemplative exercise, but not just contemplation in general seems to work. There's something about yogic meditation and the specific use of Sanskrit and Tibetan languages, that these old languages have some kind of cymatic effect that if used consistently, they seem to, I don't know, maybe in some pseudoscientific way, balance your system and allow for you to take in all of that onslaught of media that we're taking in and make sense out of it in a way that you can't when you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So it's a discipline. This is why I wanted to show it to you because it actually shows that if social media is yeah, okay, it's impacting people, but it's not impacting certain demographics and it's actually showing some kind of positive impact on people, then that might mean that social media by its very nature is not the problem. We're going back to the data aggregators. We're going back to Web 2 where it's centralized and there are specific people with very specific political leanings and future agendas for power and money and you and what you're going to do in your future they seem to be the problem, not the technology itself. So before I, you know, just start coming across like I'm just trying to make technology sound awesome, which I think technology put in the right hands is awesome. I also want to show that I believe that much of our technology is not in the right hands. And I want to show you that I haven't lost touch with exactly how technology is being used today. Let's hop into it. In a Scientific American article titled Mind Control by Cell Phone, it states brain waves change with a healthy person's conscious and unconscious mental activity and a state of arousal. But scientists can do more with brain waves than just listen in on the brain at work. They can selectively control brain function by transcranial magnetic stimulation, TMS. This technique uses powerful pulses of electromagnetic radiation beamed into a person's brain to jam or excite particular brain circuits. Although a cell phone is much less powerful than TMS, the question still remains. Could the electrical signals coming from a phone affect certain brain waves operating in resonance with cell phone transmission frequencies? The researchers monitored the brain waves of 120 healthy men and women while a Nokia 6110 cell phone, one of the most popular cell phones in the world, was strapped to their head. By the way, don't strap any phones to your head. Don't strap any electronics to your head. The only thing you want to strap to your head are maybe some crystals or people that you love. The data showed that when the cell phone was transmitting, the power of a characteristic brainwave pattern called alpha waves in the person's brain was boosted significantly. Now, why does this matter? Not only could the cell phone signals alter a person's behavior during a call, the effects of the disrupted brainwave patterns continued long after the phone was switched off. This is saying that the signal itself is causing for alpha wave, inducing alpha wave, in a hypnagogic state. It's creating a hypnagogic state that can allow for the hijacking of certain cognitive abilities inside the brain. Now, how to enumerate exactly what it's capable of doing, it doesn't go to that depth in this article, but it says that even long after that has happened, you are suggestible. So now imagine that everyone is holding their phone, probably inches from their face, 
and it's blasting them with photons roughly th uh, a third the speed of, this, uh, of light. A third the speed of light. These photons are smacking you in the face, in the eyes, and that information is going in while the signal itself, which is all around you, not just emanating from the phone, it's coming from the router, cell signals, uh, cell towers, it's creating a hypnagogic state inside you. And you can go back way back into history and show that even the flicker rate of tube televisions were potentially being used to put you in a hypnagogic state. So this is old technology. Mind you, go out and read the book Surveillance Valley to show you that the military industrial complex was the main funder of all of where technology has gotten today. And yes, the internet itself, yes, gaming, and yes, where the metaverse is headed. What if we combined the practices of ancient use of language that creates a cymatic frequency within you that could potentially cause for the frequencies that arrive at you not to have such a force and effect? Because Dean Radin himself also found that the power of intention changes the structure of water. If you do it well enough, it can hold a frequency container around you. So potentially, some of these signals won't have the same amount of force and effect. And the only reason I'm saying this is because I do believe that technology could be used in ways that actually promote the health of humanity. The only real way that's going to happen is if we engage not turn our eyes to it, not just say that it's the devil's playground and, and beg for 5G to stop and beg for technology to stop. None of that's going to work, in my personal opinion. None of the begging for it to stop is going to work. We must engage and change it from the inside. I want to ask you, what do you think the proper course of action is? Put that in the comments below. I promise you I'll read it and I'll comment on it if it's something that actually provides a useful idea of how to move forward in this world because I'm not committed to technology. I'm committed to you. I mean that. Go over to benjosephstewart.com because now 5G is launched and I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about other technologies that are going to be working on these frequencies and it's mixed results. Some of it is really good. Some of it is terrible. But 5G across the board is only serving one sector of humanity. We need to talk about this. Go over to benjosephstewart.com. Get uh, access to all the exclusive content over there. Get involved in the Discord chat so you can become a part of the real conversation that's going on. And I'll catch you all next time.